Hello, hello, humans of the Twin Cities of Minnesota, of the world, because you can get this anywhere. This is very deep voiced, Ellie Krug. Uh, from the Ellie Two Point Radio Show on AM nine fifty. How are you? I hope you are. Hope you had a good weekend. I hope very much uh, that uh, you are not depressed because um, let me just tell you, we've got enough snow uh, to uh, float. No, to sink. Uh, Titanic. Okay, I just thought of that. Um, it is impossible here in the Twin Cities where I live. Um, to deal with this snow. It is all over the place. We got more over the weekend. We're going to get more. Who knows when? And um, anyway, okay, I'll stop and quit talking about the snow because I don't want to talk about it anymore. It will just make me depressed as I'm speaking with you. Welcome to LE 2.0, where we talk about trying to save the world, talk about practical idealism. I am an idealist. And what I want to do is I want to take a step back into history um, uh, for my first segment here where I talk about idealists and idealism. And I actually want to take a step back into history, but I also want to take a step back to just last week, specifically to February 19th, to the 19th last week, last uh, Tuesday, because that marked uh, the Day of Remembrance about Japanese internment in the United States. Okay, now I'm sure some of you caught that and some of you heard about it, but I bet a lot of you did not. And so what that what is that day? That's February 19th is the day of remembrance because on February 19th, 1942, President Roosevelt issued what has become known as Executive Order 9066, um, which um, ordered the internment of almost every Japanese American in the United States, in the continental United States, which at that time, there were approximately 130,000 Japanese Americans in the continental uh, U.S., and out of that number, approximately 110 to 120,000 uh, of those folks lived on the West Coast, and more than 110,000 of those people, so almost every Japanese American on the West Coast, mainly in California, but on the West Coast, were forcibly removed. I mean, they were removed from their homes and from their businesses and forced to relocate to internment camps. Um, concentration camps would be the word I would use because they had barbed wire and they had armed guards. And there were occasions where the armed guards actually shot people who went outside the barbed wire. Um, forcibly removed this group of people um, in the United States. Now, of course, we know that, you know, February 42 was not two months after uh, Pearl Harbor. There was a great amount of angst in this country, great fervor, and a great amount of racism. And so um, the internment of Japanese Americans, um, in my view and in the view of many, is among the saddest chapters in our history. Um, and of course, because we're human, we continue to engage in various forms of internment. We are doing that right now as a country. Um, we are doing that relative to foreign-born, brown-colored people who are living, who are on our southern border, who are, who um, we we have them, and we know that. I don't need to get into that because that's not what I want to talk about. But at the time of the internment of more than 110,000 persons of Japanese ancestry beginning in 1942 
62% of those people interned were U.S. citizens. These are people that were born in the United States. And the government said that because you were Japanese, you had Japanese ancestry, because you looked Japanese. And in some instances, I mean, there's a, there was a colonel on, who was quoted in the paper who said, even if you had 1%, 1% Japanese blood, you need to be removed from the West Coast. Um, I mean, this was, we're talking citizens, okay? And folks were interned from California to uh, the California-Nevada-Arizona border, but they were also interned. 10,000 Japanese Americans went to Wyoming. Um, Almost uh, 9,500 went to Idaho. 8,100 went to Utah. Arkansas, in the middle of our country, took 17,000. However, in Hawaii, where 150,000 Japanese Americans lived and they constitute a whole third of the island population, less than 2,000 Japanese Americans were interned in Hawaii. Um, and I, I, I don't fully understand. I can assume that perhaps it's because they needed the workforce, um, but I don't know. Um, um, while um, the internment ostensibly was to protect America against... Um, uh, the, the country of Japan, Japan um, uh, attacking our country, okay, through collaborators and spies and infiltrators and all of that stuff, okay? There's no question that it was rooted in racism, okay? And so, um, and the camps, the internment camps where people went, there were tar-papered buildings without plumbing or cooking facilities, and as I said, there were armed guards. Um, now, this is 1942. We're gearing up. We are in the middle of a war now with two different, on two different continents, um, with two very powerful um, countries and, and, and empires. Um, and much of the country was in favor of this because of the war, but because of underlying racism. And there were not many people who spoke up about it. However, there were some. And I will tell you, um, one of those people to speak up uh, was the governor of Colorado. His name was Ralph Lawrence Carr. In fact, um, according to Wikipedia, he was the only elected official in the United States to speak up against um, internment. And they had, and there was a camp, um, internment camp in California. And um, because many, Cal- many Japanese Americans were farmers, okay, in Colorado, they were concerned <clears throat> that the Japanese Americans would, na- the farmers in Colorado were concerned that Japanese Americans would come in and, and uh, compete with them for farming, either during the war or that, that he would stay after the war. And, um, and Carr, Ralph Lawrence Carr, who was governor of Colorado, would have none of it. And I'm going to quote to you something that Carr said. A couple of things, so bear with me. I hate quotes on the radio, but it's all I can do, okay? So this is what Carr said um, in 1942 and uh, 1943, okay? Quote, referring to Japanese Americans who were being interned, quote, They are as loyal to American institutions as you and I. Many of them have been born here, are American citizens with no connection or feeling of loyalty toward the customs and philosophies of Italy, Germany, and Japan. I am not talking on behalf of Japanese, of Italians, or of Germans as such when I say this. I am talking to all American people, 
whether the status be white, brown, or black, and regardless of the birthplace of the grandfathers, when I say that if a majority may deprive a minority of its freedom, contrary to the terms of the Constitution today, then you as a minority may be subjected to the same ill will of the majority tomorrow. These are powerful words. It took great, great bravery for him to say that. And then another speech to what was, according to Wikipedia, a large and hostile audience made up primarily of worried Colorado farmers. Governor Ralph Lawrence Carr of Colorado said of the Japanese Americans this, quote, they are not going to take over the vegetable business of this state and they're not going to take over the Arkansas Valley. But the Japanese are protected by the same constitution that protects us. An American citizen of Japanese descent has the same rights as any other citizen. If you harm them, you must first harm me. I was brought up in a small town where I knew the shame and dishonor of race hatred. I grew to despise it because it threatened and in, and in this it says he was pointing to audience members, the happiness of you and you and you, unquote. Can you imagine the guts that it took for the governor of Colorado to speak up in favor of interned Japanese Americans in his state? His speaking up, as a matter of fact, later cost him the next election. He ran to be senator from Colorado. And he lost to um, the incumbent, Edwin Johnson. And what Johnson did is he went out on the stump and he charged that Carr was more interested in exploiting Japanese labor than protecting civil liberties. That's what he charged. Carr lost the election. That was it for him in politics. He paid quite a price. Now, to, to follow this up, in 1988, um, there was a movement to start talking about what we had done to Japanese Americans, and there was a Commission on Wartime Relocation and Internment that was created and recommended reparations, one of the few times in our country's history where we owed up to our past, where we faced the injustice that we had as a country created, and President Reagan, now, <laughs> President Reagan, a Republican, signed the Civil Liberties Act of 1988 that apologized on behalf of the U.S. to Japanese Americans and authorized the payment of $20,000 to, um, to survivors and uh, to their heirs. So we did the right thing. I mean, it doesn't erase the fact of all the racism that these folks endured and people lost their businesses and their homes. But we at least tried to deal with it. If only we could deal with other things. Ralph Lawrence Carr, an idealist, somebody who did the right thing at a time when it was incredibly difficult for that to happen. All right, you're listening to me, Ellie Krug, an idealist, talking about idealists. If you like this show, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Email me at elliejkrug at gmail. I love hearing from listeners. When we come back from our break, we'll do the big interview with Jackie Trelawney from the uh, Family Tree Clinic. Thanks. Hey, humans, this is me, Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Ta-da! I'm putting on another gray area thinking human inclusivity training, and I want you to come. 
It will be at Open Book on Washington Avenue in Minneapolis on Saturday, March 16th from noon to 2 p.m. You can learn more or buy tickets by Googling Eventbrite Gray Area Thinking or by going to the Human is Human page on my website at elliekrug.com. Again, this is on Saturday, March 16th. See you there. Tom Hartman here for All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that you save more if you wait, but waiting to switch can actually cost you more. While tax rebates make solar affordable, those rebates are often limited and decrease over time. So when you wait, you risk losing some of the incentives that make solar so easy to afford today. And besides, the sooner you get your All Energy Solar system, the sooner you reduce or even eliminate that high electricity bill. Make the switch today at allenergysolar.com. I'm Candy Braffle, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooner's combines a dedicated, full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options, or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. Hey, I've only got a few seconds, so here's the deal. Habitation is the coolest furniture store in town. Not only have we got some of the most exceptional furniture in the cities, but in many cases, Habitation can offer you store credit on your existing furniture. Stop in, talk to one of our designers, and let us help you make your home exceptional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. No matter what your taste, you'll find the music you're looking for at the Electric Fetus. Pick from rock, pop, international, roots music, and so much more on CD and vinyl. Or create your own compilation of favorites with the exclusive Mix and Burn CD station. Only available at the Electric Fetus. Dust off your vinyl or just make some space by turning your unwanted music into cash. The used selection changes daily, so check out the new arrivals often. 2000 4th Avenue South in Minneapolis and online at efetus.com. We are back on AM 950, Ellie 2.0 Radio, with yours truly, Ellie Krug. And I will tell you, um, you know, uh, it is very, very important to remember how we treat humans. And uh, Remembrance Day for Japanese Americans, um, it helps us do that. And I'll come back to that, um, talking about that a little bit in my last segment in the C Block. But now, for the big interview... I am thrilled to have on the line with us uh, Jackie Trelawney from Family Tree Clinic in St. Paul. Jackie, are you there? 
I am. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to Ellie 2.0 Radio, where we talk about idea, where we talk about idealism and idealists. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I have, <laughs> for a long time, wanted to have a representative family tree clinic um, uh, on the show because you are doing such incredibly idealistic work out in the world as a medical provider. And so, mm. thank you. So let me just give the the audience a little bit about you. You um, oversee community engagement. Uh, you've got a BA in Africana and African American Studies from the University of Minnesota. And you told me that you love dreaming and believing in a better future. And if that's not an idealistic phrase, I don't know what is. So welcome to the show. Oh, um, my gosh. Thank you so what, much. <laughs> Yes, and so and and uh, uh, audience uh, listeners, um, Jackie is by phone, so you're going to hear a little bit of uh, background. We'll make sure that uh, we try and reduce that as much as possible. Jackie, can you tell us first of all a little bit about Family Tree Clinic? They're located in St. Paul. What do they do? How many people do they serve? And then we'll get into some of the specifics about how they're fairly unique. Yeah, so Family Tree. Um, we have been serving the community since 1971. Um, right now we are on Snelling and Marshall in St. Paul. And we offer comprehensive sexual health care and education. Um, and we really believe that sexuality, everybody has a sexuality. And uh, everybody gets to decide uh, what that means and what that looks like for them. Um, and we just believe that people are the experts on themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like people know, um, people are, people know what they need and what they want. And we just want to be supportive of people's decisions, um, around their health, uh, cause they have a lot of insight. Well, and, and the clinic itself, though, is a, a across-the-board clinic, right? Serving all kinds of family or um, human uh, health needs. Is that Do I have that correct? Well, so we, we really do uh, sexual health services as of now. So that could be like um, testing for STIs, uh, hormone care. It could be uh, getting birth control or talking about uh, pregnancy options. Um, and then we do some limited primary care as well. So, you know, people can come by and get a flu shot. Okay. Uh, test. Yeah, but, you know, we're, we're, right now we're a small and mighty clinic and, you know, looking to really grow okay. in the future. All right. Well, that's great. Now, one of the things, if you go to the Family Tree Clinic website, and by the way, would you like to give out the website right now so yes. listeners can yeah, have that? Yeah, really simple. It's just us, familytreeclinic.com. <laughs> excuse me. Dot org. Dot org. <laughs> yes, let's keep yeah, it in the nonprofit realm. Family Tree Clinic realm. dot org. Check us out. <laughs> okay. All right. Family Tree Clinic dot org if people want to. But if you go to the website, one of the things that jumps out at you is is a couple of things. One is that you've been around for 45 years. And secondly, the second thing jump, that jumps out is that you don't turn away anyone because they can't pay. Do I have that right? Yeah, we well, we really do as much as we can to be able to support community members. Um, we are funded both by, um, you know, private donations, but really a lot of state grants. So uh, we can also bill for insurance. But um, 
so being able to have some support from the community and a little bit from the government that also really helps us be able to access funds to get people's covered. Um, there's also uh, a new um, fund called the We Are Family Fund, and that specifically supports any type of care for a person who is trans or non-binary. Um, yeah, so that's a really, really flexible, new, new pot of uh like resources that we have access to that's growing so people can absolutely still donate to that the we are family fund um at familytreeclinic.org okay and well and that's in part why family tree clinic has gotten on my radar um and you know jackie i'm i'm a speaker i go out and i train across um north america but a lot here in the twin cities metro and when oh, i yeah, know you i've met you before don't even worry about it okay all right well i wouldn't worry but but when, it's all good okay but when i go and i speak um about lgbtq issues i certainly talk about family tree clinic because you mm. are very lgbtq friendly and and supportive of of the community and so as a member of the community i want to say thank you with a capital t and a capital y okay and i also um want to just say not only thank you but i'm grateful because there are still many many providers here in the community that first of all don't understand my community of of transgender humans um and secondly there's still a lot of discrimination that's going on in the medical community as it relates to trans people and and gender non-conforming humans so it's wonderful to have you out there um and and so thank you for that and hey i'm thinking though i really really want I hope that this does inspire other other uh, providers to really open up to the to trans and non binary communities because like we are we are small you know and we really need to open this up to like way more services outside of even sexual health services. Well, for sure, and and you know that I mean trans people generally we suffer most of the worst. Uh, we have the highest worst for the LGBTQ alphabet in terms of the highest rate of depression, the highest rate of addiction, the highest rate of joblessness and homelessness because still a lot of people believe that it's all a choice. Um, and and in the medical field, um, you know, I mean, uh, I I have encountered and every uh, discrimination, and I. And, and on a number of different fronts in a number of different settings from a number of different providers and players in the healthcare arena. And, and frankly, I've got something uh, coming up. It's nothing big, but I've got something coming up um, in March. And I am actually scared to death about what um, mm. my interaction is going to be with that provider, particularly about what my wristband will say, whether it will have an M or a W on it when um, I... I get admitted, and if it has an M, it's gonna we're gonna have problems. So, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. know how that works. It should not be like that. It really, and you know, with the idealist. Um, I, no, let me tell you, I don't know much about idealism. I'm learning. You're putting me oh, on here, Ellie. Jackie. Hold on, I'm I, gonna Jackie. I'm gonna have to interrupt you because we're gonna have to take a break here. But when we come back, I okay. hold your thought. When we come back, I want to. I want you to finish it. Okay. So, listener. <laughs> All right. Listeners, we're speaking to a Jackie Trelawney from the Family Tree Clinic about the Family Tree Clinic and now starting into a discussion about idealism and about humans and respecting rights. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com.
LHJKrug.com. Email me at LHJKrug at Gmail. Um, I love hearing from listeners, and we'll be back in a minute to continue speaking with Jackie. Thank you. Which I never could explain. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. With the road trips we took in December, we're glad we took them in our Toyota Sienna. Whether they're family, friends, or get-togethers, the Sienna was always the most comfortable way to drive. Plenty of room for all the stuff we needed to take with us, the safety and reliability you get with a Sienna, the extras which make road trips easy, and the room to stretch on out. Rudy Luther Toyota Siennas are the most fun, safe, and reliable vehicles we've ever driven. Test drive one yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, the philanthropy trap. Trap? Where would we be without philanthropy? One step closer to realizing how empty and venal our political systems are? Think of all the good things philanthropists do. Philanthropy is just a public relations arm of destructive capitalism. What a grouch. The Philanthropy Trap, next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. As a family-owned business, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning has been serving the Twin Cities since 1930. A new furnace or air conditioner from Standard Heating and Air can lower your monthly utility bills, administer more consistent temperatures, and even improve indoor air quality, making your home safer and healthier for the whole family. The average heating and cooling system lasts 15 to 20 years. So if yours is on its last legs, call Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Learn more at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of the Minnesota Hospice and Healthcare Show, your source for elder care and caregiver solutions, inviting you to listen to our live call-in show airing on Saturdays from noon to one. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding elder care and caregiver issues to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your best quality of life. Please join us this Saturday from noon to one for the Minnesota Hospice and Healthcare Show and learn more about us at minnesotahospice.com. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today will be mostly cloudy with a high near 6. While tonight's mostly cloudy with a low around negative 7. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high near 10. Wednesday, cloudy with a high near 15. And Thursday, partly sunny with a high near 18. Moe's Tax Service has been working for you, not the IRS, since 1971. Located in Highland Park in St. Paul, Moe's Tax is one of the largest sites that electronically files taxes in the country. Moe's Tax, working for you, not the IRS. Visit Moe'sTax.com. And we are back. 
on AM 950, LA 2.0 Radio. <laughs> I love my music, and if you're watching on Facebook Live, you see me seat dance every time we do the bumper music. I know, it's kind of silly, 63-year-old <laughs> woman doing that. Anyway, Jackie. Okay, we've been speaking with Jackie Trelawney before we took our break from Family Tree Clinic. Jackie, before we took the break, you wanted to start talking about um, LGBTQ humans, trans people in particular, interacting with the health system and and this idealism thing so go go ahead i asked yeah, you to hold your thought yeah well and uh, well let me just tell you first that i you're putting me on when it comes to idealism like i really am very green okay i had to like google this like a true um like late millennial uh and so but from what to me it's like i think about living the days that I see in the future, you know, like the way that people are treated, trying to live those days as much as I can today. Oh, um, I love that. And because, like, it just feels that I can really start practicing the muscle memory of what I see in the future now. Um, so I that's what I'm thinking about. I and mean, you talked to me recently just about, like, Universal health care, you know, like, come on, like, let's get some leadership here in Minnesota when it comes to health. Um, I, I'm really, really proud of what we do at Family Tree, um, serving people that are pushed to the margins, at, at like, both in education services and health care services. Um, and, and, and we really see a, a vision of the future that does not have health disparities. So how can we practice that and continue to practice that now? And let me tell you, we're still growing because especially for people of color, like the intersections of, of uh, when we use race in particular as, as a identity marker, you know, there's, there's a lot of health disparities and they don't exist because of these, of us and our identities. They, and I'm a cisgender woman, black woman. So let me tell you, I'm speaking from this bias. Um, but, uh, I do believe in, in a future that doesn't look like how it is right now. Well, thank you for that. And, and I think that there are a lot of people that do, but why do you think it's so difficult for America and particularly Minnesota to embrace this idea that human, that Healthcare is a human right. That is just no, something right. that people are entitled to have by virtue of breathing. Yeah, I don't know what people's thoughts are. <laughs> I can't tell you what. I mean, that I, we could talk for four hours, and maybe we can come up with a lesson plan. <laughs> but, but, but I am thinking about myself right here, you know, and what I can do. Um, and to be able to make sure to be considering people. And I'm still learning, right? Because like I said, I have a bias. So, like, I do a lot of listening to the community and letting the community talk to me about what um, what a positive healthcare experience looks like, and then trying to respond to that um, within the means of what we have at this point. So, it's really to me like we are going so much internally at Family Tree about like how we are um, functioning as a as an organization to meet the needs, the growing needs and shifting needs of the community. 
Well, that's great. That, I mean, I'm glad that you are doing that. Um, and it's much needed. And every organization should actually be doing that. Exactly. Exactly, so, Ellie. Yeah, totally. Talk about it. All right. Well, Jackie, I want to shift now, though. I want to ask about you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because you've mm-hmm. already said, you know, you're a late millennial. Um, you, you know, <laughs> 83. You, okay. 83. All right. And, and, um, and uh, you are um, a black woman. And, um, and I, I just want to know if you, what makes you tick? Why? Why? I mean, you, you obviously, I'm sure you've had many career choices. Why are you devoting yourself? <laughs> you know, and this is about what idealists do. I mean, idealists devote themselves to, to ideas, to causes. So why are, mm-hmm. what is it about your background? What happened to you when you were a kid or when you're a teen or when you were in college that caused you to say, you know what, I'm going to forego that big paycheck and I'm going to, that big paycheck course, and I'm going to go work for a nonprofit and try and change the world. Oh, I do attribute um, a lot of that, I would think, to my family, uh, really being people that care about people and uh, being really welcoming and homey and, and being connected to nature. Um, and that was important to us. We, it wasn't important to us to have like the, any type of expensive shoe or, uh-huh. you know, like okay. stuff like, I mean, yep. so that, it's very simple means, but I think in my farthest back memory, I would think that is where I'm rooted. I, I'm rooted in my family, my community, um, and nature. And so... I think that we all deserve to have a life and plants deserve to live. And so I believe in that as being so ancient and constant, um, living in harmony. I think about the seven generations principle, which is an Iroquois principle, ancient Iroquois principle, um, of thinking about seven generations after us for everything that we do today. Um, so those are the, things that I think have informed my values and and therefore direction around I mean you mentioned a paycheck but I, I think about my way of living okay and and obviously I mean you know what you're saying is not unusual at all I mean when we have idealists on the show and Jackie by the way even though you had to google the phrase okay I just want you to know <laughs> you are an idealist you are and I, I, I'm assuming over at Family Tree Clinic, and I'd be happy to come talk to them, by the way. Um, I bet that there are a lot of other idealists there. But the thing that we hear consistently on this show when I ask about it is is about family, is about that there was a, a somebody in their family or maybe many people in the family that were role models that, that showed that it really was about being there for other humans, not simply about making a whole lot of money. Um, you know, and, and frankly, my family was different because in my family, it was about making a whole lot of money. And I don't know how I ended up being the way I am because, um, I, I fight that all the time. And, uh, and instead I'm, you know, I'm doing this work and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, making the big paycheck at AM 950 and that's a tongue in cheek. <laughs> trust me. Okay. <laughs> so. So, all right, so we have about a minute and a half left. Jackie, tell me um, uh, what, uh, you know, 
what what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I mean, do you want to work for a family tree clinic? What what would in a perfect world? What kind of impact would you have? Oh my gosh, Ellie! What do I want to do for the rest of my life, girl? <laughs> that is such a huge like. So we go to my therapist, and then we can talk about it for like an hour. Um, I I. I want to be connected to the community. I really want, I, I think that, okay, so I think what I would like to do more of is exploring um, how people repair relationships. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's a really revolutionary practice. I shouldn't say re- just repair, but repair and uh, maintain because relationships are going to be a really important part of this, like our relationship <laughs> to each other across different identities, our relationship yep. to the planet in particular, yep. um, thinking about social determinants of health and uh, restorative justice practices, you know, like, so I'm, I'm really, I want to see a world that looks like that. I don't know where I will be, you know, like living employed or whatever doing that. I, I love my job at family tree so much and I look forward to seeing us grow. I guess I'll say that. Well, Jackie, um, actually, I could talk to you for four hours. Maybe we need to go get a <laughs> cup of coffee um, at some point. But I just want you to know um, uh, that was really beautiful what you just said. Because oh, in our country, you. in our country, there's going to be a lot of repairing that we're going to need to do because there has been a lot, a lot of damage that have been done mm-hmm. has been done in mm-hmm. the last several years. And and, mm-hmm. that, and that damage has co- occurred both sides. I don't. I'm you know. I'm I'm a I'm a unifier, not a divider. I'm not here to throw um, uh, daggers at anyone. But mm-hmm. so I love that sentiment. I really do. And Jackie, unfortunately, we're out of time. But I just want you to know, I just have so much loved having you on the show. You have a great perspective. I want you to know. You need to please share that perspective, okay? Go out and talk about repairing. Go out and talk about living things and having to nurture those, okay? Will you do that for me? Oh my hey, I'm, you know, I, I get around. I get around a little bit. So, you know, maybe I can get around a little bit more. Ah, there's an, that's another idealist statement. I'm just telling you. So, Jackie, thank you so much for being on LE 2.0 Radio. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Ellie. Oh, Well, you're welcome. So, audience, uh, listeners, we've been speaking to Jackie Trelawney from the Family Tree Clinic in St. Paul. Go visit their website at familytreeclinic.org. And um, and, and if you can consider it, donate to them. When we come back from the break, um, I'm going to do my C block and uh, double back to talking about Japanese Americans. Thanks so very much for listening. We'll be back in a second. Hey humans, this is me, Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Ta-da! I'm putting on another gray area thinking human inclusivity training and I want you to come. It will be at Open Book on Washington Avenue in Minneapolis on Saturday, March 16th from noon to 2 p.m. You can learn more or buy tickets by Googling Eventbrite Gray Area Thinking or by going to the Human is Human page on my website at elliekrug.com. Again, this is on Saturday, March 16th. See you there! After celebrating the blue wave at the Blue State Ball, join me, Tom Hartman, the morning after for brunch at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill. The brunch will include a small group of other AM 950 listeners as you get to discuss with me the big issues of the day in an intimate setting. 
It takes place Sunday, March 3rd at 10.30 with a delicious brunch at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul. There's plenty of free parking available in the lot next to the Downtowner Woodfire Grill and across the street at Burger Moe's. Tickets are $150 and are very limited, so guarantee your spot at my brunch now by calling 952-946-8885. Again, it's your chance to meet with me in a small group setting the day after the Blue State Ball on Sunday, March 3rd at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill. For tickets, call 952-946-8885. 952-946-8885. Details at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. See you there. What kind of a jackass would let an animal pick their insurance? Did you really think a lizard could save you money on car insurance? Would you let a duck pick your health policy? Insurance can be a zoo, but this is ridiculous. What you really need is an insurance agent that isn't looking out for the insurance companies. You need Cheryl at Array, an independent agent with 30 years experience looking for the best rate possible. Quit monkeying around and call 763-504-3067. That's 763-504-3067 for Cheryl at Array, representing you, not the insurance companies. At Burger Moe's, Mondays no longer need to be a drag. Dine on the beautiful patio for Burger Monday Madness every Monday after 4 p.m., where you can order any burger and fries off menu for just $6. Not valid on Excel event evenings. Burger Moe's offers 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, with plenty of free parking, and online at BurgerMoe's.com. February is the month for love. So when's the last time you gave your carpet the love and attention it really deserves? Have you gotten down on your hands and knees and adored how clean and refreshed it was? Or are you scared of what you might actually see or smell? Lucky for you, Zero Res is going to spread the love to you and your home with their Love Your Rug Special. Get three room Zero Res clean starting at 109 bucks if you mention AM950. Call 952-ZERO-RES or visit ZeroResMN.com and mention AM950. ZeroRes, spell it backward or forward, it spells the same. Jackie Trelawney, Family Tree Clinic, let me just tell you, and I told Jackie this off the air, but I'm going to tell you right now, okay? I am extremely grateful for Family Tree Clinic because it is saving the lives of LGBTQ people, but particularly people from my community. It is saving the lives of transgender humans because right now there's a lot of discrimination still in the medical community, a lot of ignorance that translates to discrimination. Um, and, and there are trans people who can't afford to go to regular, you know, fee, you know, requiring doctors. And uh, let me just tell you, um, once, uh, you need to live authentically and that usually includes, um, the use of hormones and sometimes it includes having surgery, surgery. Um, let me just tell you, if you can't get it, you have no options. Okay. There's no going back once you need to live authentically. Anyway, the family tree clinic, thank you. Thank you, Family Tree Clinic, for being in existence, and thank you for protecting humans, including my, my group of humans. All right, we're in my C block now. I want to go back to talking about Japanese Americans and the internment and the racism that existed in the 1940s. And I'm going to bring it forward, okay? And I'm going to tell you just a very quick story here. So, um, 
five and a half years ago, uh, I um, I worked for a nonprofit in downtown Minneapolis. And that required me to go and do, um, uh, you know, I mean, I walked around in the Skyway a great deal. And and um, and and when I did that, I, you know, I mean, there are a lot of shops in the Skyway. Love the shops in the Skyway. Love them. Love them. Okay. Um, but five and a half years ago, in the Skyway, there was a, and, and I think it still exists, there was a frame shop. You know, um, where they would, you know, frame pictures and then they would sell certain things. And the Christmas before this, I had actually bought something from this shop. I had bought some uh, word picture montages, you know, where you've got, you know, um, people go out and photograph letters off of billboards and stuff. And then, you you know, in, in different places and you can make words out of it. So I bought two montages that have my daughter's names on them. And I gave that to them for their Christmas presents. And what many audience members may not know is I have two daughters. Um, I am Caucasian, uh, but my daughters are Asian. They're adoptees, and uh, they are Korean. They're not Japanese, but, you know, I'm, I've got this thing. I, I, I love all people, but I've got a really soft spot in my heart for uh, people who are Asian. So anyway, I, I, I would go past this um, frame shop every day, almost every day in the, in the Skyway, you know, and I bought something from them just, you know, the year before. And I'm walking in the uh, Skyway in August of 2013. I come past the um, the frame shop. And um, on this day, I noticed that there was a framed newspaper page from what was then the Minneapolis Star Journal. And uh, it was from August of 20, excuse me, August of 1945. And the caption on the paper was, Quote, Truman announces Jap surrender, unquote. So it was this day in August was uh, VJ Day, um, the day that the Japanese announced their surrender and ended World War II. And this shopkeeper put had blown up this page from the first page of uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune or Star Journal and framed it and, and was in front of it in his shop. And when I and, you know, and and. And the proprietor of the of the shop is, you know, somebody I would guess in his um, early seventies, probably not old enough to have been in World War II. But at any rate, you know, I'm an idealist. I try and walk the walk. I do. And the word "jap" is a slur. It is. It is. You know, and many people may not understand that, but it is. It is a slur. It is demeaning. And so, because I try and walk the walk, I did something that. Well, I just did it. And I walked into the store and I began to explain in kind and gentle fashion um, that the word Jap in the 21st century is a derogatory phrase. And I asked if he would take it down. Now, if you have an, if you're interested in understanding about this, because I wrote about this in Lavender Magazine. Many know that I'm a writer. I write for Lavender Magazine. I'm a columnist. And if you want to Google... Um, my column from August uh, about this e event, the, the column is titled Lily White. If you Google that or you um, you Google Lily White Lavender Magazine my my or Lily White Skirting the Issues, which is the name of the column, I'm going to read to you what, what I wrote there, okay? Um, and so here is here's the way the, the conversation went after I walked into this gentleman's frame shop and, 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 and polite 
politely tried to tell him that the word Jap in uh, 2013 was a derogatory phrase because he had it in the, on this blown-up newspaper from 1945. So I said, I've, I've got the dialogue in my column, so I'm going to read it right here. Me, I'm sorry to say this, but do you know that, quote, Jap, unquote, is a derogatory term? Store owner. Jap, question mark, great word. My father served in the Navy in World War II. Jap, good word. Me, that's horrible. I want you, I know you may not understand this, but Jap is very offensive to many people. Store owner. Jap, it's a great word. Me, I'll never buy another thing from your store. And as I stormed out, the store owner hounded me, saying this. Jap, 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 jap. I am not kidding you. He hounded me out into the skyway, yelling, jap. I I never did buy another thing from that store, trust me. And it so hurt. That was racism. That was absolute racism being thrown at me in 2013. I will tell you, it helped fuel me even more about wanting to go out and change the world. It did. And I just have to tell you, I mean, it is just experiences like that that remind me the undercurrent of what... what what we have as a country. I think a lot of it is about fear. I do. I believe. And a lot of it is about ignorance. And um, I'm sure that this uh, store owner had no, you know, no experience with somebody coming in and saying, hey, by the way, would you consider? I'm sure that he didn't. And probably, who knows, if he was reacting to the fact he was looking at a woman who sounds like a dude. I don't know if there was any of that going on. But you ask me, why do I do things? Why am I so intent on changing the world? It's because of that kind of stuff, as well as other things. Okay, well, um, Ellie Krug, idealist, trying to walk the walk. I am. So go visit my column. See if you want to read it firsthand. Lily White, Skirting the Issues, Lavender Magazine in 2013. Okay, well, it's been a really great show. I hope that you've enjoyed it. You know, I'm not, I'm not all that smooth. I'm not all that classy. Um, and I'm not, don't worry, don't write to me. I'm good. I, I'm really good with Ellie Krug, who I am. But what I am, more than anything else, is I am authentic. And so you've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Um, please email me. Let me know what topics you'd like to hear. Tell others about this show. Um, we, um, uh, I need to give a big thanks to our sponsor, Brending Electrolysis. Please let Bev know um, that I sent you. She does phenomenal work, and she has been such a big supporter of this uh, show, of my show, and of Ellie Krug's work. I really just thank her for that when you see her, please. Okay, and uh, we need new sponsors. That would be great as well. Please, my March 16th event is coming up at Open Book from noon to 2 o'clock where I'm going to do my public gray area thinking training. Anyone can come. This is kid-friendly. You can bring your 10-year-old and above and your child or your niece or your nephew or a grandkid. They will get 
something out of it. They will appreciate it. It's not above them whatsoever. Um, if you run a small business, it's a great way for you to come and learn more about human inclusivity. Bring your team members and there you go. It doesn't cost you like what it really ordinarily would cost you. All right, listeners, thank you so very much. I really appreciated it. Go out, have a great day, and do good. Bye.